Hey, welcome back to another Get Geekish podcast. Uh, thank you so much for uh, spending a few minutes with us this week. I'm Bino, and over there is uh, Derek raising the roof. Is that still roof? a thing anymore? <laughs> But in this uh, post-Thanksgiving world, we decided we're going to talk about uh, one of the shows that I, for one, am very thankful for. Uh, one of, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the medical sitcoms, Scrubs. You've probably heard us talk about it a few times, but I, I would say that Scrubs is one of my top sitcoms of all time that I can watch over and over and over again. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I had actually just... what. It's it's one I've watched a few times, but I just a recently few. just finished it, and I had the thought because I just watched the last the season finale or series finale in my eyes, not even two hours ago. But when it was done, I was like, man, I just finished this whole series in a month, basically, <laughs> and you know we had to wait when it was on for eight season or eight years to to finish it, so. Yeah, I, I still remember when this came on. Uh, I mean, it's it started. What year was it? Did it uh, start in like two thousand? Two thousand one, I think. Two thousand. Let me double check to make sure I got my time right here. Yeah, yeah two thousand one. Okay, yep. first season started two thousand one. So about that time, uh, that became a staple because it was on Thursday nights on NBC. And at first, it was like, oh, it's a TV show, no big deal. And my wife was kind of obsessed with it to the to the point of Thursday nights. We had to be home. It was there was no interruptions. You turn the phone off. Everyone's home. That's 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 on the on the docket. And I got really into it too, and ended up liking it, but possibly even more than she does by the end of it. Uh, but it was a, a weekly thing, and every time the season ended, then it was just a letdown because you know, kids back in our day, TV shows you had to watch them when they was on the television. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it it spaced the whole thing out for it, but. I, I find it amazing that the show is hilarious as it is, but it was also voted one of the most medically accurate shows as far as a medical TV show, because they actually had people go through the scripts of all the things that are happening in the hospital to make sure that they're, we'll say, at very, at very least believable or accurate enough that they're not going to call out for something, so they're not just making up words. So on top of having the good humor, they wanted to make sure that it was relatable to people that probably actually worked in the medical fields. Right. And... I've I've I I could not work in the medical fields. I don't have the stomach for it. I don't have the smarts for it. I don't have the know-how for it. I don't know anything about what being a nurse or a doctor is like, but this is still one of my favorite shows of all time. Well, I think that's why you ended up liking it is because with it, you know, it was dumbed down enough where we could still relate to it and it was comedy and then occasionally it just hits you right in the feels with like certain episodes and everything like that where it just gets real. And you're just like, oof, you know, especially season eight. There was a couple episodes that, that that'll stick with you. But uh, yeah, season eight, if, if you've never watched Scrubs, you get that point, you get to season eight and there's still a song that will bring tears to my eyes because of this show. <laughs> Which one? Book of Love? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That whole scene, the first time I saw that, I think I was folding laundry when that episode came on, and I was, like, tears streaming down my cheeks at the end of that one. <laughs> I'm not I'm not afraid. Well, I even, <laughs> since I just finished it, I, I looked at my one-year-old son, I was like, you're about ready to see Daddy cry, because no matter what, like, that, that, that series finale is, just gets me. And if you're sitting there going, I've watched Scrubs, there's nine seasons, there's not. 
I mean, Te- technically there is. Technically there is, but I always stop at season eight. I've tried watching season nine a couple of times. I watched it when it was first aired, and then I've tried to watch it streaming, and it's rough. Yeah, it, it's I mean, there's, 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 there's still a few funny jokes in there, but it's it's basically like a Minnesota goodbye for a sitcom. Yeah. It should, you should have just said, hey, peace, we're out and been out the door and on your way home. But then we hung around for two more seasons of trying. Well, it's one of those ones, too, where I feel like they didn't know that the season was going to get picked up. You know, season eight, Zach Braff left. He wanted to do direct more movies and everything like that, which he didn't really get to do. Like, he got to do Garden State when he was working on Scrubs, which is great. Uh, But he wanted to do more stuff like that, so I think that's one of the reasons why he left. So that was kind of like the series wrap, and then all of a sudden, you know, ABC had picked up Scrubs. There's conflicting things here. I'm pretty sure that it went to ABC during season eight because that's when they had Courtney Cox on there as the chief of medicine, which was... Just weird because of Cougar Town at the same time, and I I, I feel like because they also took it the Todd and calmed him down a little bit to make it more. I feel like ABC is more family friendly, but I don't know. Yeah, we we, we rehashed it on that for it was the last few seasons. Season seven happened during the writers' strike, which if anyone remembers that. Pretty much everything in Hollywood took a little bit of a problem because all of the the writers' strikes, so there's getting problems getting things done and getting them done well. So there's there's some definite plot holes that happened in season seven. Then it swapped networks to ABC, and it was just everything was working against it. Had it been one continual group that gone for nine seasons, mm-hmm. those last two might have been better than they were. But it the cards were were stacked against it. I think. <laughs> Well, and it's funny, too, because, like, my wife, she didn't watch it when it was on TV. So a couple years ago, we sat down. I made her. I didn't make her watch it, but I suggested we watch it. And she enjoyed it. But when we got to season seven, there's a couple episodes that are out of order. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure that's how they aired on TV at the same time. And then, like, the, the last episode is a weird fairy tale. Dr. Cox telling a story to his kid, but it's really about the hospital. And that was the season finale of that one. And there's only like 14 episodes. And like you said, the writer's strike hit hard for a lot of TV shows. And I, I could think of The Office as well. But it's just that one. I was just like, huh. Well, especially for a show like Scrubs because it's so character driven. Because I will fall back to anybody that that hasn't watched Scrubs yet to think, hey, maybe I should give this a chance. You got to watch it in order. Like now yeah. that I've seen it, I can watch it in any order and I can put things together, but everything is so character driven. Everything builds on each other. So if you just try picking up season four of Scrubs and start watching, you're probably going to be scratching your head and going, this is stupid. This is a bunch of inside jokes I don't get because that's what the show is. <laughs> yeah. The, the show is inside jokes that last and repeat and come back and they keep showing their heads up. So it's, uh, I think it also didn't help that a lot of people referred to us as JD and Turk back in that time too. <laughs> It's <laughs> and we may or may not have done our was it golden eagle yeah. eagle <laughs> well you didn't you make your wife like a scrubs mix cd for yes. anniversary yes uh she was you know she was big into it too and the music in scrubs is phenomenal mm-hmm. like they did a great job of making sure to find all kinds of unique and very perfectly fitting songs for it 
and they had the, a few soundtrack things in there, but oh, here's this, this the CD soundtrack that's got the intro song from Laszlo Bane, I'm No Superman, and then like 12 songs. Well, every episode has five or ten different songs in it. So I went through and uh, scoured all these different wiki articles and trying to find every song in every episode and made her like a seven or eight disc long custom made mix CD of all the scrub soundtracks up to like season five. I think we still have around somewhere, but that's that's how obsessed we were with the show and the music in the show. Well, you even had the album that um, Ted Buckland did. Yes, the blanks. Yep. So and Ted is a lawyer on the show, but he's a uh, is actor is Sam Lloyd, um, and he actually sang in like an acapella group, right? Yeah, there was an actual acapella group. Um, Sam Lloyd, he, he passed away this year, which is really sad. Mm-hmm. But he was a show, and he was always the little nervous guy that was in charge of the uh, uh, the law. Lo- it was a lawyer, right? Yeah, <laughs> just completely lost my head, and had his acapella band in the show, but they had a real acapella group, and those are the same guys, so they actually performed improv and uh, recorded a CD and did stuff as an actual acapella band, so it was kind of a fun little addition that they could work them in once in a while. And there's a few episodes where they really got the limelight put on them, and other times they would just be there in the background harmonizing at the lunch table when they're walking by or you know singing a song. That uh, It was good times. He has a surprising voice, too. Yeah. It was one of those ones where you found out he's actually singing and like his little rendition of Hey Ya by Outcast and <laughs> Somewhere Over the Rainbow. You're just like, dang, dude. <laughs> and my favorite track, by Menon. Yeah. <laughs> See right there, that's like an episode of Scrubs. The stupid inside jokes. If you're like, I've never seen this. I've never seen it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Go watch. You'll understand. <laughs> and it's one of the things that I, if every show did it, it would be rough. And some shows try to do it and they don't do it well. But the idea of a lot of the characters, especially JD, the main character, a good percentage of the show is just him imagining things. So somebody mm-hmm. asks him a question and then it's he imagines what could happen if or a really strange scenario that involves the question that just happened. So it gets a little erratic like that. But that's kind of how my brain works. So I thought it was the greatest writing ever for as far as a character goes i still refer to it now when i am talking to somebody and they like what are you sorry i I just had a zach braff moment what did you say (laughs) i I just i just imagined you were a pirate and we were going off to plank in the caribbean and anyway back to our work meeting (laughs) well it's funny too because you know dr cox um john c mcginley right that's his name Mm -hmm. he's he was in, uh, was it Apocalypse Now? Or he was in one of the like mo- war movies. And I remember seeing that. I was like, holy cow. That's, oh, that's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's Dr. Cox. <laughs> he was in a ton of stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize you look back and then you see how many big movies he was in. But and he, yeah. I actually like too that his, one of his sticks in the show is he calls JD girls names the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something they pulled from real life because apparently he's really good friends with John Cusack and he calls John Cusack's female names all the time. That's their running jokes. They just pulled that right into the show and kept it going. <laughs> I like it. That works. Um, yeah, so I, I, the one thing that the show I wish would have explained more <laughs> was Dr. Cox's hatred of Hugh Jackman because he goes on a few rants of everything that he hates and he always like wraps it up with Hugh Jackman and I'm like why I'm like is there a feud there I want to know 
Well, it's it's interesting to see with that bubble because he talks about that, and then you also have Ryan Reynolds that came in as a guest star for mm-hmm. one episode, and you're like, <laughs> he yeah, looked, they did a good they did a good job with some guest stars every once in a while. You're like, oh what? Oh yeah, there's there's an entire wiki of nothing but some of their guest stars, but they had some big names. They had their same recurring cast that lasted for most of the show, and mm-hmm. the one cast member they killed off because they thought the show was ending, but then they brought her back. And made a joke yeah. out of it. <laughs> Dude, you look familiar. <laughs> but, I mean, they had John Ritter on there. They had uh, Christopher Maloney, Elizabeth Banks, Carrie Russell, Mandy Moore, Heather Graham, Tara Reed, Michael J. Fox, Courtney Cox, Heather Locklear, Brendan Fraser, Amy Smart, Bill Lawrence, who was the creator of the show. Um, but it's every season. There's four or five names. When you go back and watch it now, you're like, oh. Oh, that's so and so. That's that. That's somebody else in there. But they they seem to really have their finger on the pulse of actors that were going to be going places. <laughs> yeah, they were relevant. Yeah. Well, the the Brendan Fraser episodes. Oh, those are great. Those 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 will get you. <laughs> yeah, those were good. They were definitely some of the more emotional filled ones on there. Mm-hmm. And it. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you go to the, the IMDb list, they've got uh, a list of 53 recognizable stars that guest starred on Scrubs. Well, didn't they have... They had a few musicians on there, too. They had the Flaming Lips on there for an episode. They mm-hmm. had, and they had um, uh, the guy from uh, Men Without Hats. Uh, yeah, that's... that's. Why thank am you. I drawing a blank on his name right no, now? No, no, that's the one I was trying to think of, because it's like, oh, wait, what's his name? I'm glad I'm not the only one. Colin Hay. There he goes. <laughs> <laughs> like I love, I f- I felt like men of men, men at work. <laughs> men at work. I'd only heard a couple of their songs by life, but after Scrubs, I fell in love with a, like three or four more Colin Hay slash Men at Work songs because of this show that I would never really discovered otherwise. I could probably say it with a lot of songs for the show. Now that we've talked about that, but <laughs> that's true. Um, let's talk about like so. Zach Braff wasn't really in much before that, right? No, he was actually waiting tables when he got cast in Scrubs. And then he quit his job and then found out that he wasn't going to start filming Scrubs for another four and a half months. Oof. So he was waiting tables, got off of the part in Scrubs, quit waiting tables, and then spent four months doing, I think he said, almost nothing except for he wrote the first draft of the screenplay for Garden State while he was waiting for Scrubs to start. And then kind of erupted from there. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I can think of, John C. McGinley, who's Dr. Cox, was in movies. Sarah Chalk was on Roseanne before she, she, this. she was the Becky after the first Becky quit, but then Becky came back and Becky left again, and then she returned as Becky. So she was filling Becky for Roseanne. That's a lot of Beckys. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Donald Faison was in Clueless before this, and I think a couple other things. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I like they this kind of launched, you know, their their careers. Um, unfortunately, Zach Braff's been in a couple of sitcoms after this that I thought were decent, but they just didn't stick. Mm-hmm. Um, but now he has a podcast with Donald Faison because they're real best friends in real life called real friends, fake doctors or fake doctors, real friends, one of the two where they talk about the show and then they just talk about each other's stuff. So I think that's kind of cool that they were actually friends and they're still friends 
and it's really entertaining podcast too. You, you have my permission that when you're not listening to our podcast, you can go listen to that podcast. You're welcome to it. It's a good one. You have our permission. Seriously. Jeez. Oh man. So aside from the main characters, one of my favorite characters is played by Neil Flynn is the janitor. Mm-hmm. He was and a fugitive. Yeah, he, uh, he was, wasn't he? Dang. Yeah, there was a whole episode based off of that. Do you not but remember it? His com- his complete deadpan uh, delivery of things is just it. It gets my funny bone. Uh, but one of the running jokes is that you don't find out his actual name until something happens the very very towards the end of the show. But the entire thing, nobody knows his name. They just refer to him as the janitor, and. He is an absolutely hilarious character that originally was going to be just a figment of JD's imagination when, if they thought the show was going to be one season long. But when he was popular and the show got extended, they wrote him in to actually be a main character and part of the show. But most of his lines were actually just completely ad-libbed. They had him come in there. And they actually said they, in one of the interviews, they said that on one of the scripts by season four or five, the script literally said, Neil enters, Neil makes up something and then exits. And that was the script written for the show. <laughs> and if you watch some of the random videos, you see some of the reactions go stuff. Those are genuine, real reactions because these actors have absolutely zero idea what he's coming to ta- coming to town with, and it's uh, brilliant non-writing, I guess you'd call that. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense, especially on some of his things, like you know his <laughs> wife knitting and. <laughs> That's fine. I wonder how that would have worked. I don't think it would have worked if it had been a figment of his imagination. Even if no. they would have stuck with that, I, yeah. it, I don't think it would have been near as funny. Mm-mm. That that rivalry is it adds some interesting adversity into the show. Um, another fun story about the, the the backstory of Scrubs, which was kind of fun and a little bit before its time, was that uh, Bill Lawrence knew that in the, the writings with a lot of the shows that there's going to be a lot of scenes where some of the girls are going to be doing some quote unquote sexy stuff and wearing lingerie or bikinis or something like that. But he promised all of them that I promise every time I make one of you actresses have to do something skimpy or sexy, we'll have a scene where one of the male characters has to do the exact same thing. <laughs> so that's why there are so many shows with Zach Braff in a, in a hot tub or Daniel Fiezon, you know, getting a massage somewhere and why uh, the banana the hammocks on the Todd were so much <laughs> because the creator wanted to make sure that he wasn't over sexifying one side of the other. Like, you know, what? if we're going to do it, it's funny. So we're going to make sure we do it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. because I mean, the Todd was definitely one of those ones where he's just a running joke and, and you're like, why? But now that makes sense. Mm hmm. You know, a lot of the jokes, that, like, there's literally some jokes in that show which don't make a whole lot of sense until episodes or seasons later. You can tell that there's been 10 or 15 small, minor mentions or little jokes made about something to lead up to one very specific punchline mm-hmm. that is... Uh, <laughs> I don't want to give a bunch of them away, but it's it's almost just like reliving the whole show it makes me happy. When you said you're going to rewatch it, right? I think so. I've I have we have watched the show when it came out on aired originally on TV, and then we rewatched them when we got some of the DVDs. But that was only the first, I think, five seasons or so we watched. And then when it first came to Netflix, we rewatched the season, and then we just watched it again 
two years ago, something like that, three years ago. But it's it's on my list to do again. It's and, a very watchable season, even though they did get into, they had to remove a couple of scenes <laughs> due to uh, them not being politically correct. There's a few of those. Yeah. But not, not too many. Was, and even some of the ones they had to redo, I, I'm like, well, is that really? Okay, <laughs> whatever. Well, it's funny because like, just rewatching it just recently, I'm like, wait a minute. They cut something. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense that they cut that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, question, question for you. You remember Colonel Doctor? Yep. And Snoop Dogg intern? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Beardface? Mm-hmm. It's Beardface! <laughs> All of those were just extras originally in the show. But because their personalities were so likable and recognizable that they got and they got along so well that they actually ended up writing those characters into recurring roles in the show. Because originally those were just guys and girls that were extra just walking back to other hospitals walking around. But because of the reaction they had and what they came back, they actually decided to write them in a show to make them come back on a regular basis. And they became some like, of the fan favorites. I feel like they did that with, I mean, a few of them. You know, because there's mm. there's those three, and then there's like a few others that just kind of pop in every once in a while, and they did a good job not focusing too much on them, but giving them enough of a little thing um, to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, and I like that they did character development and they grew the characters, especially with Bob Kelso, you know, the chief of chief of medicine and Doctor Cox, where they kind of grew them into these different roles. They start them out this way, and then they transformed them over the seasons, which is just fantastic. Yeah, it's like I said, when you have to watch it in order, because if you just start watching season five, you you miss a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not going to stop anybody from watching season nine, but just say we didn't warn you. Yeah, it's, it's not terrible. It's terrible. Well, it's, it's They still had some funny jokes. I mean, yeah, look at some of the other terrible. comedies that were on TV at the time. I would still take a bad episode of a Scrubs over some good episodes, quote unquote, over some of the other ones. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold statement there. <laughs> it's true, though. There are some bad TV shows that came out. <laughs> Everything comes down to poo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the musical episode is one of my favorites, too. That's, that, that's another one I actually bought a full soundtrack for. One oh, did you really? Yeah, one episode in Scrubs. There's a patient that has a medical disorder where she hears everything in song so they made the entire episode a musical where the entire thing is all song and dance the entire time and it's dealing with some very serious things in the issue at the same time but mm -hmm. there's one that's everybody comes everything comes down to poo that I actually just played that for my daughter the other night <laughs> <laughs> she's learning <laughs> and did you know that uh, in the intro for scrubs there was actually an error Oh, yeah. Didn't uh, oh, Elizabeth Banks fix it mm -hmm. in one of yep. the episodes? The first five episodes of the show, the very beginning goes in and it has the Scrubs logo and they flip it over on an x-ray sheet and put it on the screen. Well, the first five seasons, it was backwards, which medically inaccurate, backwards on there. And so for the fifth season, she comes in and flips out and turns it over and the intro is fixed from that point out. <laughs> it's been driving me crazy. <laughs> Which is something that I would have never noticed, and I'm I'm assuming that some somebody in the medical field called them out on it. And was like, "Yo, you guys got to fix this." 
Yeah, somebody had to have just seen that and be like, come on, guys. Really? Of all the, of, you put so much time and effort into other things that you got to just fix that. I would say that, um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of good episodes in that, but the ones with Mandy Moore in them are pretty great. Um, I think that was, like, when I first saw her on that, I was like, hey, that's the pop singer. Hey, she can act. <laughs> I, I think she was in a lot of good things. She's very underrated as an actress, I think. It's true. It's true. And then uh, season eight, I think they did a really good job with the with the finale. Just like you said, you hear that song no matter what. You're just like... That wasn't, that wasn't season eight, though. Yeah. Was it? Yep. Season nine is the one where they go to med school, and it's the one that we don't talk about, but season eight... Man, it all blends together. I've... I, that that episode with the with the flashback scene, the Christmas sweaters can come on, and I can be across the room, and it hits me. <laughs> just, you just hear those chords of the song, and you're like, oh. <laughs> and it's and it's like happy tears, mm-hmm. but it, it hurts. <laughs> I also get excited because uh, when Turk, not Turk, yeah, uh, Turk and Carla had one of their kids. Do you remember when they painted the nursery? Yep. <laughs> Why is that one ugly robot shooting the other ugly robot? He wouldn't like you calling him the ugly one. And by the way, his name is Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> it was very well, now that we reenacted, it's very, very well done mural. They painted in their, the baby's nursery of Optimus Prime and Megatron above it. And of course, the Carla was not super happy about it. But. Yeah, that's something that we were both supposed to do and it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's there's, oh, there's many, many reasons. <laughs> if you're wondering, like, where you can watch it right now it's on hulu um so the the whole series even even series nine is on hulu so you can watch it there or if you like being you could just watch it digitally if you own them yeah i think i ended up buying the whole wait for it's on sale and just bought them all and just i can watch them to my heart's content Mm -hmm. Um, makes sense funny of the the guy love song with turk and jd being best friends did you also know that uh jd and elliot's stunt doubles got married Good for them. Yeah. So they met on the set of Scrubs, and they were the stunt doubles for the two characters in the show that are falling in love, and the stunt doubles in real life fell in love. I also like how the show was relevant at the time, making fun of, you know, they're talking about watching Grey's Anatomy, and they're like, it's a show. It's like they watch what we do, and they make a show out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they make fun of, like, they do a little jab at Friends with, like, just a little reference and everything like that. Just, like, the subtle things like that. You're like, (laughs) I see you. I think that's part of the reason this ha- that Scrubs to me has such replay value is because there are so many little things like a lot of sitcoms when there's a joke they have to put it front row center like we'll say Big Bang Theory whenever there's a joke there's a solid freeze frame on it and a laugh track to make sure you know that there was a joke there mm-hmm. but in this show almost everything could be part of a joke and there's a lot of deadpan things really dry humor or little bits and pieces that you don't notice or just gestures or something happening in the background that i <laughs> it's one of those things you could it's like the, the the fan kids when you can go back to a movie and freeze frame and go through a movie frame by frame by frame there's a lot of little hidden easter eggs and things you could find in the show that add to the humor it's true and uh, my son, he'll stop what he's doing when as soon as the title plays and then for the first like seven seasons at the outro when it's doing the credits, it does that little banjo music. Like he'll be sitting there playing and he'll have that banjo music. He'll just stop and just start dancing. I'm like, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> That's fathering for the win. Yep. So it's it's one year old approved. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. There's I just. There's only a few shows that I'll binge watch, and that's one of them that I can just... I've seen it, you know, quite a few times, but I'll keep watching it over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And in, so far, it has stood the test of time because it was character-driven and not technology-driven. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not weird that in the first couple of episodes, like, cell phones are still, like, kind of strange or unique to them because it's not part of the plot that makes things worse it's what they're actually saying to each other not how they say it so we'll see if it lasts another couple decades but uh man (laughs) yeah (laughs) you you have a job if you have not seen scrubs you're gonna you know carve out a little you time and make it happen it'll it'll be well worth your while or maybe a little significant other time and make them watch it too it's something that uh something that the whole family can enjoy i thought you were going a totally different way with that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, you want to scrubs and chill? Buy yourself a gong. Once you watch that episode, that'll make sense. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a lot more of our inside jokes, too, if you watch it. So, Yeah. Uh, but uh, what, what's your favorite scrubs memory? You know, let us know at Get Geekish on social media. Uh, I'd love to chime in on some of the uh, Facebook posts there the inst- and uh, see what other people think of scrubs. Because I know who I like the most. The janitor is one of my favorites. I identify with JD almost to a fault. <laughs> um, but what about you? What's your favorite character? Get this. Get the conversation started for him. Uh, I identify a lot with JD. I think that's what drew me into the show. And then now, as I'm older, dealing with public and and stuff, I'm like I'm Dr. Cox <laughs> in some aspects. I'm not, you know, I'm not a raging alcoholic at times or anything like that, but it's just like how he deals with stupidity. I'm like, I understand that now. I get that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about that because when we were younger, he just seemed like such an over-the-top angry old man. And mm-hmm. then now that I'm probably about the probably older than he actually was in the show, I'm like, yeah, man, I'd get I'd get pretty ticked off if I were him too. <laughs> I really understand him now. <laughs> And and they give us Bob Bob Kelso, who is the most lovable, hateable villain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's got two thumbs? Don't give a crap. Bob Kelso. Bob Kelso. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on oh. that, we will let you be. Uh, we're talking Scrubs, and we love Scrubs, and uh, we want to know what you love about Scrubs. It's get geekish, and uh, we'll talk at you next week.